Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. Welcome. We are back on OutKick 360 across the OutKick network. I'm Chad Withrow. Jonathan Hutton is here. We've got a game going on behind us. Ready to go. Correction. A match. Match. Going on behind us. A match. A football contest is taking place right now. We are draped in patriotism. American flags everywhere. Team USA taking on Iran. Don't ever mispronounce it around an Iranian journalist or they will correct you, as we found out yesterday. And it is 1-0 USA at the half. We are excited about that. Excited to be here at 6th and Peabody. We are not in our 6th and Peabody studios at Old Smoky Moonshine and Yeehaw Beer. We are out amongst the people as this match is going on behind us, Hutton, in the bar area at 6th and Peabody. What a time to be alive. Uh, as a storm bears down on Music City, we are giving the storm to Iran, as That's you right. said. I would always say Iran. I don't know if you've said that in high school. and I mean, I, that's what I was doing. I would always say Iran until today, and now it's Iran. I'm a big, um, you know, proponent of trying to pronounce things the correct way. Yes. Uh, the whole Qatar is and there, Qatar thing right. really threw me for a loop. I don't know if there's a wrong way on that, though. And it's Qatar. Uh, but when the, the Iranian, I should say, the Iranian guy, yeah. uh, the journalist, said that to our American player and corrected him in that way, me being a little bit of a of a jerk. Yeah. Uh, my response would have been to double down and just say Iran <laughs> again. There oh, are, I'm sorry, <laughs> Iran. I'll say it that way every I mean, time. Without a doubt. Me, now so that you corrected me. The, the the magnitude of today. He handled it way better than I would have, though. The magnitude of today. Um, I don't think it's any any doubt. The patriotism picks up if we win in advance to the 16. Because in a traditional World Cup, this would be taking place in what July. Yeah, this and would instead, be it's over middle th- of the summer. It's over Thanksgiving weekend. I, I mean, I paid attention to U.S. England, and I was looking forward to today. But I don't get the sense that there's a drastic build for this like there will be if we advance. And then I think we're back into the World Cup groove that we all anticipated that Fox paid billions for, that the World Cup makes $7.5 billion for no matter where they go. You get where I'm going here. Yeah. Th- this, is, this is about beating Iran. And uh, doing what we do, beating Iran and moving on to the 16. That's how we judge success or failure, right? Based on the World Cup standings. In America, we judge success and failure in sports by wins and losses, right? Yes. I don't know how we do that in soccer, though, because somehow it was a win even though we tied. Yeah, it felt like a win even in a draw, a scoreless draw against England. But when you see the response of British people all over the place and how disappointed they were, you quickly realize, okay, that's clearly a positive result for Team USA. Hutton, I think this is so big and important because this is a very American concept. Yes. For even those that are a little bit foreign to soccer and international soccer, win and end 
anything else and they're out. Draw, they're out. Loss, they're out. Very they're simple. doing the job right now. They're up one yeah. nothing. If they score one more, it's probably over. And they've came very close. By the way, Christian Pulisic with a great goal to give the U.S. a one nothing uh, lead. He paid the price on the goal too. He did. It was As a he legit. took, it looked like uh, it's almost like a half body shot to the midsection on the goal. He, he took the entire shin to his midsection and uh, scored the goal at the same time. Uh, from the goalkeeper, so uh, one nothing. And w- were we offside? Was that yeah, the issue? T- it Timothy, should be two nil, right? Yeah, Timothy Way uh, was offside. Some were upset about it. Um, I do know the offside rule in, in soccer. He appeared to be offside to me. Soccer correspondent Colin Warner will check in with us later. Uh, I know that he is he is wrapped into this game right now, like a lot of people. So we'll check back with him on, on well, some of this. But again, going back to my previous point, when and in. Is very easy to comprehend. Yes. I think it's a big moment for U.S. soccer. They're better than Iran. Well, so and if they win this match, to get in that spotlight in the big tournament moving forward, that's that's huge. Yeah, and good news. Again, we're up one at the half, and we'll keep you updated over the next hour or so as the, uh, the match will play out behind us. Uh, and you can join us live at Outkick.com and at Outkick360 on Twitter. Uh, and we'll have Colin Warner, our World Cup aficionado, the world traveler, uh, he'll join us uh, here on site at 3 o'clock-ish, roughly an hour from now, uh, when the match goes final, when the United States wins. And we will uh, get the scoop on what's next for the United States in the, uh, in, in the round of 16. Chad, uh, should I be surprised at the surprise and, I don't know if it's outrage, but split 50-50 take on Hugh Freeze to Auburn? This was like the worst-kept secret... They yeah. were going to go with Lane Kiffin. It's not like they were going with Dabo and they chose Hugh Freeze. It was going to be Lane Kiffin. So why are half of the Auburn fans in an uproar when the alternative choice was Lane Kiffin? If you're going to Bible thump, that's not the way to do it. Yeah. Well, it's and I, I joked about it yesterday. Of all the programs who just outwardly, just seemingly don't care what you think, of them, Auburn yeah. is one of the, the front runners because they, certain, not everyone, certain members of the booster crew, the money crew at Auburn, led a coup yes. against Brian Harson about a possible affair with a staffer to get him fired right. with cause. And then a year later, that same crew is the ones behind the engine running the train that hires Hugh Freeze. From Liberty. Who was using school resources to contact prostitutes but I, but, as the head coach at Ole Miss. But they didn't hire him after Ole Miss dismissed him. That's the difference here. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Liberty has whitewashed him here. You know, they've cleansed him of the sins. I don't understand the backlash and the parallel from one jump to the other in the moment. When, so, when this has not been, this wasn't out of the blue. I think that we now are, people are going to be disappointed if they're not blown away. Okay? <laughs> this here's, is a, here's what I mean by this. This was so obvious. What could be better than it this, It was going to be Lane Kiffin or Hugh Freeze that I think some people who are either underwhelmed or upset with okay. it are looking it's around thinking. not Matt thinking, Rule? Well, like, no, not even that. Where's our Lincoln Riley? Where's our Brian Kelly? That's so, what Auburn, so if you're upset. That would be James Franklin. Or you just really wanted, yeah, probably. Or, you know, Dave Aranda. I, I don't know. Right, you know, yeah. Pick a name. Right. That would be a surprise to leave their current job to go to Auburn. 
maybe they're a little bit underwhelmed only because well, this was so easy to predict. I and just, the predictable sometimes isn't exciting for people. I just don't, I don't get the, again, I, I'm trying to find a parallel here because the, the backlash is, oh, you're going to get all over Brian Harson for this, but then turn around and hire Hugh Freeze. I didn't hear anyone trying to defend Brian Harson while they're also pointing at Hugh Freeze saying you're doing the exact same thing. It's not like they're getting rid of the guy you wanted to keep. You wanted him gone too. So I don't understand the, the back and forth of, well, Hugh Freeze isn't good enough because Hugh Freeze doesn't meet the, the, the creed of Auburn University. Well, and it's not. Look, I'm fine with anyone getting second, third, fourth chance, whatever, right? I, I have no issue with Hugh Freeze one way or the other. I think he's a good coach. Yes. But it's not just That's what the salacious part of it. He also was guilty of some pretty major NCAA infractions at Ole Miss. Again. And Auburn is a program that's had issues with that also. I, look, I, I don't care, right? I, I don't I know, care. I know. And I just I find it funny. And I don't think the, the majority of people making an issue if, about it care. If someone I actually, really if people actually cared about Brian Harson and what he was getting accused of, then I would understand that segment of the Auburn fan base objecting to this hire. If people actually care. I don't think they really care. I think they wanted the guy fired. And that's why a lot um, of those same people now are fine with Hugh Freeze. I, I'm, just, I'm a bit – stunned isn't the right word because everyone, everyone's going to hate something, you know. But you just hired a guy who has won against Bama twice. I don't know any other criteria you want in looking for the next Auburn head coach that's more anti-Brian Harson than that. You want to go the opposite direction? You just did it. Uh, and I've heard from 50% of their fan base complaining about the fact that they just hired the guy they tried to fire. Yeah. I don't get it. I, I saw a list of current SEC coaches to have a win over Nick Saban, and uh, everyone on the list only has one except <laughs> Hugh Freeze now at Auburn, who has two. But, I mean, the list is still short. It's Kirby Smart. It's Josh hey. Heupel. Uh, it's a very short list, and they're all one on, on Saban. How short is the leash there? For Hugh Freeze? Yes. I think he's got to come in and do I think, like a I think Kiffin he's, Yeah, he's got to have portal. a pretty quick... Uh, now, here's what's going to help. Cadillac Williams staying on staff. Yeah, that's, that's big. Huge helped him. I know he said in his press conference today that that was uh, almost a requirement for him for that job, that he needed Cadillac Williams to stay to tell him about the culture at Auburn and to help him get guys in with him. Uh, that's, a, that's a big save for Auburn. That he's not going to leave. And he seems to me like a lifer. You know, he's, he's an Auburn guy through yeah. and through. Uh, you'd have to really, really uh, dishonor well, him in some way He had, to not have him around. Well, and it's rare, and you know this. I, most of our football fans will know this. There is always some tension between academics and athletics. And on campus, there were the, acad- the academia. Uh, academia? The, the academia, yeah. yes. Uh, Iran. They were, they <laughs> Iran, were, Iran, who cares? They were vouching for Cadillac Williams, saying like the guys in our class and the about face that they did when he took over as the interim coach, grades, work ethic, overall just mentality and being happy to be there, um, changed. And they were going to bat for him in that regard. So take that for what it's worth. There's a former football player who's back on campus that gets it. That's a lifer. It's a no-brainer to keep him, and uh, who knows? I, I don't. Maybe he stays for anybody. 
but he stayed for Hugh Freeze. That should speak volumes. It was just so obvious, Hutton, to me that this Auburn search, the floor was always Hugh Freeze. They got their floor. Yes. That's a good floor to have. I thought years ago. I'm with you. Uh, when Tennessee lost out on Dan Mullen, I felt like Dan Mullen was the floor, even if they swung for someone else. Yeah. That didn't happen because Florida came open, missed out on their first couple um, options, and hired him. Hugh Freeze wasn't getting any other jobs. So it made sense for Auburn. Chad, if Hugh Freeze is the floor for Auburn, that's a, that's a good base. The floor for Georgia Tech was who? Because reports are, according to Pete Thamel at SI, they are going to hire their interim head coach, Brent Key, who went 4-4 four and four as the interim. Yep. And the minute he was named interim, you jumped on 360 and you said, hey, Georgia Tech, you have a chance to take your program in a certain direction. Don't take the bait and go with the same path. And they've done it. I can't imagine a world where if Deion Sanders has the offer that we think he does from Colorado, that if he got offered by Georgia Tech as well, that he would not take Georgia Tech over Colorado. (laughs) Given his ties to the South, given his ties to the city of Atlanta, being a Falcon and a Brave. So if that's the case, how do you not offer Deion Sanders to try just to swing big? Because that's the big swing. This is a time where you're at a bit of an identity crisis and you have a chance to swing big with Deion Sanders and instead you hire Brent Key. He did a fine job. They were sure. one and three when he took over. In game one, they went to Pitt and won. He's four and four uh, at, on the job there. He, he's, he's fine, the job he was doing. Yeah. but Georgia Tech remains it, Georgia Tech. It screams to me, Hutton, of maybe a school that doesn't have a ton of money. Uh, I, that that was my first thought. I don't know what they're willing to pay. Maybe Deion Sanders is only moving on for a lot of money, and they weren't willing to offer what he wanted. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's a little baffling to me. It's, it's very much a, a mid move. You're going to stay mid if you hire Brent Key and keep him as your head coach. So, so I, I don't get it. Um, I, I agree with you. Quick take on Cincinnati. Cincinnati is in that same boat now. We expect them to try to swing big. They have said, like, hey, we're, not a, we're, no, we're no longer a, a launching pad for other jobs. We want to be a destination job for someone. That's, that's their line after Fickle just took off for Wisconsin. And that's cool. I mean, they're going to the Big 12. They've been in the college football playoff. That's all good. If you're Cincy, do you make a push for Dion? That's a good question. If you're Cincy, do you make a push for Matt Campbell? Every other job has asked him to join. Well, and it's also you're about to go to the conference. Like, you, do know, you, you see, you see, I'm going only, here. Like, how big do you want to go? Also, because they're going to the Big Twelve. Yeah, there's only two conferences you bolt for. Luke Fickle bolted for Wisconsin, the Big Ten. That makes sense. Big Ten, SEC, in terms of stability and money, those you're trying to get to those conferences if you're a head coach out there. So, Fickle to Wisconsin and the Big Ten makes sense. There's not a lot of launching points from Cincinnati of the Big 12. <laughs> right. There's a big launching point of Cincinnati is sort of that mid-level starter job in the AAC. But when they go to the Big 12, that could be more of a destination. It could be. For someone. So, yeah. And I it mean, could be a quick path to the college football playoff. I'm at least talking to Dion. Yes. To figure out. I mean, I would want that to. That fits to me. I'd want to be across the table from him to see if I buy what he's selling. And also to get a sense of how he's done it at Jackson State. 
you know that he's going to bring attention with him. He's going to bring swag. He's probably going to bring recruits. And that may be all you need at a place like Cincinnati or Georgia Tech. But, but think about, like, if he can do – we know what he does for Jackson State. We know what he would do for Georgia Tech and Atlanta. Florida State's a no-brainer. I mean, we've been there and talked about that. I think it, the parallels are similar to Cincy. They're already on that platform. They're already in the same breath as Alabama because, again, they're one of the four teams last year in the playoff itself. And Chad Dion wants – he's already in that same breath too. He's starting commercials with coaches oh, in the yeah. college football playoff. I think that makes sense. And I think that would also be a statement by Cincinnati saying, hey, Fickle's out. We're getting the guy that everyone else is thinking about hiring. We're going there. We're going to push the chips in the middle of the table, and we're going to get him. And we're going to get him before another school in our conference or your conference grabs him. That's less than where we are right now. Cincinnati's a far better program. Yes. And look, there's going to be, there could be movement during our show today, so we'll react to it. Brent Key to Georgia Tech. Colorado still out there. A number of jobs still out there. Cincinnati we just talked about. We'll pass along news as we get it with all of these college football coaching hires. We'll also let you know what's happening in the match right behind us. USA currently leading Iran. 1-0. They are in the 54th minute. Second half underway in this match. You're very great with your soccer. Thank you. Lingo. Yeah. I mean, you're. You fake it till you make it, Hutton. Well done. We've yet to make it, but we still fake it. Like my voice yesterday. You held it down well. Uh, Voice is much better today, though. It's also a good start. Steroid shot this morning. It's it's a magic drug. Hutton went to Mickey Mantle's old doctor and got the shot. I did. That Mickey Mantle once got. Yes, and he's ready to go. Uh, We're fired up, by the way. It's going to be a fun show. John McClain. He's going to be on with us yep, in about an hour. Dan Dockich, don't add him. He's going to come on with us a little bit later. And we and, need to talk uh, football. Call, talk let's well. talk college football playoff tonight as well with the rankings, expectations, and the Rose Bowl getting an ultimatum from the college football playoff. Uh, better than just the steroid shot or the Mickey Mantle greenie. Uh, Aurora Nutriscience. Oh yeah. Vitalifescience.com. Uh, this morning, woke up, took the vitamin C, D3, glutathione, and more. You can visit VitaLifeScience.com, V-I-D-A LifeScience.com, as where you can go receive a 15% discount with the code OUTKICK360. Typical pills, capsules, not well absorbed, but here's Aurora, unique, cutting-edge, nutritional and absorbable supplements encapsulated in liposomes, and that ensures greater absorption in the body's bloodstream. Again, I use it. You can, too. You can see everything they have to offer at VitaLifeScience.com, V-I-D-A LifeScience.com, 15% off with the code OUTKICK360 at VitaLifeScience.com. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back, OutKick 360 across our OutKick network, and we say thank you to all of our fine radio station affiliates across the Mid-South. I'm Chad Withrow. Jonathan Hutton's here. I shouldn't say just say Mid-South. Mid-South, Midwest, wherever you're listening, we appreciate you. We are live, not from our 6th and Peabody studios, but we are in 6th and Peabody in the bar area. USA taking on Iran right now. It is 1-0 USA in the 62nd minute 
of this match. Again, Team USA wins. They are into the round of six, the knockout stage of the World Cup. So we'll keep you updated on everything happening in this match, let you know um, when it goes final. And a lot of fun here, Hutton. We love being yeah. out of the studio every so often, and this is a nice change of pace. Uh, weather outside in Nashville today, not great. Brutal. But the weather inside here in the bar area, always a nice, crisp, cool 70 degrees. And, uh, I mean, how warm is it right now in, in, in Qatar, in Qatar? I have no because idea. We, they moved it to November because of the heat, right? See, I'm, I'm saving all my questions for Soccer Insider. Oh, right Colin now it's 75. Later. It's about the same. Uh, I, I wouldn't even go to our meteorologist, Davey Hudson, for that info. Okay. I feel like Colin knows probably the exact temperature. That's uh, not bad at all. Yeah, 75. So I guess it would be like 115 in July. Is that the reason why they moved it to November? Yeah, I think it, it gets pretty this hot. This is their winter. My understanding of the global weather patterns yes, that's why is I that in the, in the Mideast, in the desert, yes. it does get pretty warm in the summer. Yes. That's what I know. Yeah. Two things, uh, Chad You know knows. I'm the expert. Yes, um, he, expert in uh, all things uh, Vanderbilt athletics yep. and weather patterns. Pressure systems, high, yep. low. Green screens. In between. I could, I could do a great <laughs> fake uh, weather cast where I'm just <laughs> making stuff up that makes no sense at all and just say a bunch of words like, you know, low pressure systems. Sure. And, uh, rotation and all so, of that. So, yeah, I can do that. Do you think the college football playoff committee is kind of doing that tonight with how they put together their – not the top four. I think we know the four. You know, it, it's, it, we're going to see Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and USC. So, but, but where's Alabama going to be? And, and I, I, the reason I set it up this way, where's Tennessee, who was 10 last week, after knowing that Oregon has lost, we've seen what has happened with LSU and others – where will Tennessee be compared to Alabama, and where's the rest of the top ten fall right now? The debate is five, six, and seven. <clears throat> right? We know one through four. There's not a lot of debate with those four teams. I be- here's what I believe is going to happen tonight. I believe that it's going to be Ohio State five, okay. Alabama six, Tennessee seven in the college football playoff rankings. What I believe should be the case is Ohio State five, which I think they're going to have, Tennessee six, mm-hmm. Alabama seven. And now here is the reasoning behind this. And I, I'm sure we can open this back up and react to whatever happens tonight in this college football ranking. But Hutton, I'm going to read to you the criteria for the college football playoff committee, all right, and what they're looking for uh, in their rankings, okay? Strength of schedule, head-to-head game results, results versus teams in the top 25, results versus common opponents, Conference championships. Okay? This is what we're looking at. Neither Alabama nor Tennessee. Let's look at those two with all those criteria. Yeah. Neither Alabama nor Tennessee will win a conference title. So mark that off the list. The four other criteria. Strength of schedule. Tennessee, according to ESPN, college football rankings, FPI, has the seventh toughest schedule in America. Alabama, the eighth. Slight edge, but an edge nonetheless in Tennessee. Results versus teams in the top 25. Tennessee has, and they're, they're just counting wins in this, Tennessee with a win over LSU, Tennessee with a win over Alabama. Alabama has a one-point win over Texas. That is their best win of the year, is Texas. Head-to-head, we were there. Tennessee beats Alabama 52-49. to Common opponents, there are only two. Tennessee went to LSU and won 40-13. to Alabama lost 32-31 to LSU. The other common opponent is Vanderbilt. 
Alabama won 55 to three at home. Tennessee won 56 to nothing at Vanderbilt. Now, here's where someone's going to come back and say, well, what about South Carolina? Mm -hmm. Tennessee gave up 63 points. If you want to be ranked ahead of Alabama, don't have a loss that looks like that. That's fine. But if you're going to come back and tell me there's five criteria and Tennessee checks the box and all but one of them and the one debate would be results versus top 25 because keep in mind, South Carolina will be in the top 25 tonight in the college football playoff ranking. They're 20th in the AP poll. That's really cherry-picking an argument to just say, well, well, that's all fine and dandy. Tennessee is better. They did win head-to-head, but we don't care because we are almighty. We believe Bama is better, and we believe that South Carolina loss is that bad, and we're taking into account that Hennon Hooker is injured and Joe Milton's the quarterback. not supposed to do. And Tennessee's, yes, and Tennessee's not as good as Alabama now, which you're right. It's almost like in a court case, they say, strike that from the record. You didn't hear that. But we heard it. Right. You heard it if you're the jury. It's human nature. You know it if you're the committee, if we're comparing even if you're the not two, supposed to do that. If you're just comparing the two teams today, which you're supposed to be doing in that room, how can you not mention that? Right? I, I understand they shouldn't take it into account if you're just looking at the resume itself because the resume includes Hendon Hooker in the games you're talking about. I understand it and I agree with it. Um, but just in the room itself, if you're trying to come up with who's ahead of who right now, who, who would you rank? If I have a vote, I'm going to put Bam ahead because Joe Milton's the quarterback. Yeah. And they've got Bryce Young. Like that, that's obvious. So I wish they would just say it, even though they're not. But i just supposed to say it. Like, just we're not stupid. To my core, I, I can't stand this, and I know this is what happens, and understand that this is how the human nature, the human side of it works. Like, we all have our preference, and we are all going to say, okay, this is what I think, all right? I think these teams are, you know, I think these teams are better than the, the other team, right? Or I have this this thing. Guys, we can hear you back in the studio, just, just uh, FYI. You know, I think that this team's better than this team, or I think that this team would win head-to-head, or they'd win on a neutral site. All of those things, right? It's fine to do that when you're just playing with Monopoly money. Right. And none of it matters. But if you're actually ranking something for championship purposes, I just don't think that's right. It's not on me. I remember this debate about Oklahoma State versus Bama years ago for a playoff spot or maybe it was when it was the, the, the top two teams and it worked itself out but I remember having this debate with our buddy Braden Gall uh, who was on Trey Wallace's podcast and it was well who do you think would win that game Oklahoma State or Bama I said it doesn't matter I believe Alabama would win the game but it's about what you've done don't tell me what you think show me what's happened I just went through the criteria of well, what Tennessee has done including a head-to-head win over Alabama I just don't see the argument other than someone just saying, well, I think Bama's better. I think Bama might be better right now than Tennessee. Doesn't matter because it should be about what's happened. But here, here's my biggest issue, and I'm going to contradict myself a bit because I'm rooting for both things. Um, I really want Bama to be ranked ahead of Tennessee simply because I want Tennessee to face Clemson in the Orange Bowl. Okay. Now, that's with me saying I don't believe Bama's getting into the college football playoff. But by me saying I want Bama ranked ahead of Tennessee, if craziness hits the way it hit last weekend, 
Alabama's going to the college football playoff. Yeah. And people are going to lose their minds. So if you want the lesser of the two bowl games, if it's not the college football playoff, I think you, if you want something new, I think you should root for Tennessee to be ahead of Alabama because in utter chaos, Tennessee gets in the dance, not Bama. But, man, I really want something refreshing outside of the playoff because we're already going to get it because Bama's not there. Again, I'm getting the best of both worlds here. Bama's not there, and we've got TCU in this perfect situation. USC's back. Michigan ran it back to the college football playoff. Georgia's back with a different defense but the same quarterback. Again, the storylines are there. Tennessee gets Clemson to the Orange Bowl. That's fresh. And if Tennessee, let's say everything just falls as it is and Tennessee's ranked ahead tonight of Bama, then we get Bama, Clemson, the Orange Bowl. And we've seen that like every year. So again, I'm, I'm trying to get a perfect world. I realize I'm not going to get it. And so therefore, I better root for the Vols and the committee to actually put the Vols ahead of Bama because one of it's not, out, it's, it's not unheard of that we could see some craziness hit and somehow we're talking about this on Monday where, Chad, Bama's in the playoff all of a sudden. So here's the because thing. Because they've worked if, their way if, back if you, up there. If you think Hutton's crazy by saying this, then you're crazy because there are two games. Right now it's cut and dry. There is a clear top four. But USC is a two-and-a-half point favorite over Utah. And TCU is a field goal favorite over Kansas State. If you think it's insane to think that both games go with the underdog, the slight underdog winning, and you haven't already watched, won the game. You haven't watched a lot of college football. A lot crazier things have happened than that. And we're those two games away from happening. From I think Ohio State clearly being in with yes. one loss, and then there's going to be a debate between one loss TCU. I think that would knock. USC out with two losses. It would be a debate between one loss TCU and who? Two loss Bama or or two loss Tennessee. And who's ranked ahead this week. And it all comes down to who is sixth right, right. In, that, in that poll. So I still, I still see a scenario because where they would, they would keep, depending on the, how the game goes, if it's not a route where TCU would stay ahead of the two lost teams, but I don't think it's cut and dry. I don't either. Because TCU well, still would not have the resume of, let's say, Tennessee in terms of wins they would have, even with the two losses. But, but, but that's why it's important to pay attention to where they had TCU prior to last week in, in, in the committee's mind compared to the rest of the SEC. Right? You had the one lost Bama, then the two lost Bama. Bama's always been there. They value them. LSU right there at five. And then you had... Tennessee there, and then they drop out. Again, yeah, Ole Miss, and then TCU was there, and they, they were making a case for being unbeaten. They felt like they were overlooked, and they were. They keep winning. Now they're in. They did what they need to do. We knew Ohio State or Michigan would lose, and now it comes down to where does the committee have Tennessee or Bama based on the, just the head-to-head feel. And again, it's not in the rule. It is very difficult to make the argument if you're just looking at it from a television rating standpoint and best game, that you're putting Bryce Young out and Joe Milton in. That's just life. And that's just the unfortunate circumstances of what happened here. And they're not supposed to do it. They won't admit to it. If they do that, that's exactly what they're doing. I I, I agree. And I I don't like it. And uh, it's a bad precedent. 
but that is absolutely what will happen. Um, and again, I'm, you, not, I'm not advocating that. You know something that came to my mind when Michigan beat Ohio State over the weekend? One of the first things that popped in my head was... What's Eddie George doing? No, it was, damn it, Georgia just won a second straight national title. <laughs> because yeah. we're going back to what we think and our own bias in play here. But my thought was, Ohio State and C.J. Stroud may have had a chance, may have had a shot at beating Georgia. And I look at the Final Four now... And I don't think USC, TCU, Michigan has a prayer of knocking off Georgia. Georgia's going to win back-to-back, undefeated national championships. And that's a problem for the SEC. That's a big problem for the country also because they are stepping nicely into that Bama role right now. What you're saying is Stetson Bennett's getting a statue in Athens. Yeah, I think he might already have one. No, Kirby Smart has one. Can they give him the mailman hat and the statue? Kirby Smart has one. Yeah, I, I, you get back-to-back national championship quarterback, no Heisman, back-to-back titles. Stetson Bennett, I mean. Is he going to have a road, Stetson Bennett circle? Oh, he's already campus? got that. He's got the road. I'm yeah. saying you are, you're getting a statue, and it's going to be better than what the Washington Commanders are doing. We'll yeah, get well, to that later. That's, uh, that's not a good effort on, no. on a statue. Um, the, the Rose Bowl has been given an ultimatum for next year uh, for the college football playoff, basically saying, like, you want in? Do you want included in this? We want you, Rose Bowl, but we're not going to guarantee that you're going to get the 2 o'clock Pacific kickoff time every single year whenever it lands on a year where we want to play the college football playoff. Who's going to win this standoff? Because normally the Rose Bowl wins. Yeah, ESPN and college football probably should and will win this standoff, I think. I love the granddaddy of them all. I love the pageantry of the Rose Bowl. I love the whole thing. It's beautiful. With the San Gabriel Mountains in the background and the whole scene. It's just, it's magical, okay? I I can't stand the pompous attitude of the Rose Bowl. Uh, It's similar to the Masters. Now, having been to the Masters, I'm like, okay, I get it now why they are so elitist about things. But when I I hear the the Rose Bowl, they're having a hard time with the Rose Bowl getting there. I'm like, come on. You're another bowl game. It's great. It's a terrific bowl game, a terrific setting. But I also think I'm just again, tired of the Rose Bowl this, playing like they're bigger than everyone this else. This is for the college football playoff to expand during the current contract. So everyone involved, including the New Year's Six Bowls, uh, the college football play of ESPN, the exclusive rights holder here, everyone has to unanimously agree to this. And a part of that is with the ESPN calendar where back, uh, what, a couple weeks ago or whatever, you had the presidents and the chancellors meeting and uh, the piece of the puzzle is the Rose Bowl, where the next contract, if it doesn't have to be unanimous. It can make it where it's easier to move out of that slot uh, with the Rose Bowl, if the, the Pac-10 or the, Pac, uh, the Pac-12, Big Ten. Uh, point being, they want flexibility. The Rose Bowl doesn't want to give them flexibility with that exclusive. The only game on, 2 o'clock Pacific, is their game. And, I mean, I kind of like it because you mentioned the Masters. The Masters doesn't give up power because if they do, they're never getting it back. Yeah. If every other bowl's given up power, except for this one. Every well, one my, my question would be... There's no really you, granddaddy you can, of them all you can except try to, for this guy. You can try right? to play your hand on this, but if you're not going to be a part of the big tournament, yeah. the 12-team playoff, so you're Where taking you the go? top 12 teams in the country out of the mix for the Rose Bowl, how relevant will you be in 10 years? 
if you're getting, you know, this year it's yeah. Oregon State and Purdue suddenly is the Rose Bowl. Because those are the two teams from the Pac-12 and the Big Ten that aren't in the Final 12. Well, it's not about the best finish. It's not about including the Rose Bowl for the future. It's just about if we're going to expand earlier than when the contract expires. The Rose Bowl has to help them out. That's all this comes down to. If it doesn't, then they're not expanding until 2025. And the Rose Bowl will still be included. And that's why they're saying, like, we'll we'll expand early, but you have to guarantee us the 2 o'clock start. Meanwhile, you can kick off ahead of us, but we're going to come on after you if we're not a part of the playoff game. I don't, I don't know. Just get it done. Pay them whatever they want. Elitist. Elitist. That's what I've said. Hashtag elitist about the Rose Bowl. Hey, we got a lot of action going on back here. We've heard some reactions from the crowd. USA, though, still leading one to nothing over Iran in the 79th minute. It's time to advance. Of this match. States. So it is, it is time States. to win and end. And a huge build-up to the knockout stage for Team USA if, if they can hang on against Iran. When we come back, um, there's two mascots just holding on for dear life. Heavyweight bout broke out, and it wasn't Arizona State and Arizona on the football field. It was on the sideline, baby, and we've got footage of it when we come back. This is OutKick 360 across the OutKick network. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Things are heating up in Qatar. Are we going to win? I hope. We're winning. America leads. Has Iran come One close nothing. to even scoring? Yes, they've threatened. Uh, they've been threatening here over the last four or five minutes of game time. We're in the 86 minute. It is 86 minute. Good job, Hutton. Look at you with the vocabulary. I have, and I have 80, no. 86 minute uh, America. <laughs> yes. One. Iran. Nothing. And I wish I could be able to tell our audience the stoppage time, but we don't know that yet. Yeah, uh, everyone will find out together. When I see that plus go up there, I will will alert people uh, of the stoppage time. We need to alert people, by the way, of an amazing fight amongst mascots over the weekend. Arizona, Arizona State, a lot of rivalry games over this rivalry weekend. Probably not one you circled on your calendar this year, but you should have circled the heavyweight bout between Sparky and Wilbur. I, I love this. Sparky is the Arizona State mascot, Wilbur is the Arizona mascot, and they came to blows on Saturday. Chad. And if you're, if you're watching the show, you can see it right now, but to describe it, Hutton, I mean, it is just full-on haymakers, yeah. one after the other, in full mascot regalia. Didn't remove yes. the helmets. It's all right there. Oh, it, it left and right hooks. This is Diaz, Masvidal, middle of the octagon, the sticks hit, 10 seconds left, you point down and you say, we are throwing down for the BMF belt. The baddest, you know what, belt. Here we go. And they just went for this brawl for all. 
in the middle of the octagon at Sun Devil Stadium. Was, was this at Arizona State? It was at Arizona. Oh, there we go. Uh, in Tucson. Is that why the home team, is that why the Wildcat won this battle? Well, I think, uh, the, I think the Wildcat, uh, this, I believe Wilbur the Wildcat got the worst of it. It this, was Sparky the Sun Devil that I mean, won. This was epic, and I, I would love to see more of this. Especially, let's run that back one more time so we can get to tell the tape one more time here, as you discuss this. I, I, I don't know the backstory here, but I made this up as I saw this in real time on Twitter this weekend. Chad, I'm thinking Max Holloway, Ricardo Lamas, Robbie Lawler, Rory McDonald. These are two seniors, mascots for the final time, rivalry game. They have nothing to lose, and it's just kind of like, hey, you want to go? Let's go. And they Sparky just, also got a couple good shots there at the end, so I think loose. he got the, the upper hand. I would love to see the two senior mascots, whenever it happens, for any big rivalry like this, to just have the the beatdown and the bragging rights belt. And you, you, it's like a, it's like your fraternity uh, pledge uh, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, the, the boxing tournament we had at Tennessee. Yeah, pike fights. That's been that's been banned. Minus the deaths. It's been banned. Yeah, the, the, that'll that'll usually yeah. get something banned. <laughs> the fights though, uh, the, the fight was impressive. It also reminded me of, you know, the best fight that we all saw in our high school outside the lockers in the hallway. It always looked just like that, where it's just two people. Could be guys or girls. There were a lot of girl fights Uh, at Mountjoy High School. Those are the best fights. But it is just intense. No strategy. Just right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, like a machine gun, one after the other. Fights aren't typically like they are in the movies where you got guys squaring off in a boxing formation and you're legitimately like ducking and fighting. It's just two people squaring off, throwing haymakers. That's what we saw in this mascot fight. Hunted brings to mind mascots that I don't like or don't respect or appreciate or really understand. And I go back to Hugh Freeze and Auburn. I've always had an issue with the Auburn Tigers chanting War Eagle. I know there's a reason behind it, but let me be very clear about this. I don't care. Pick a mascot and stick with it. I don't like two animal mascots. The eagle is the live mascot. I'm not cheering on the death of the eagle. I don't want PETA <laughs> all over the show. But I, I pick one. You're the Auburn Tigers. There is a tiger like mascot head-to-toe guy on the sideline. And then they have the eagle, and they yell war eagle. It's two different animals. I don't like it. At least I know what it is. Uh, Western Kentucky, you got to go. The if you're like a thing, like the Philly fanatic, yeah, the, the hilt, like it, you see the blob, it's just kind of like, what's the point here? Um, you're, you're begging to be punched. You know, it's like a face that is begging to be punched. Yeah, that's how I view the Western Kentucky Hilltopper. I would also pose this question: Who hasn't wanted to punch a mascot before? Like once you get over yeah. the age of seven, mascots are very annoying. Uh, I've never had a good time around a mascot when they're like ribbing you and not speaking oh, hey. and doing things the because new, the, especially if you're on camera or you have a microphone around and a mascot's in the vicinity <laughs> all they do is piss you off i have wanted to be sparky or wilbur and punch a mascot many a times but here's what's odd about this fight you would think that there'd be understanding because they're both annoying as hell so if anyone's going to come together and ha- share a big group hug it would be wilbur and sparky because they could unite over them both being terribly annoying. Instead, they came to blows. Two by, by It's a far, country divided. That's what I'm getting to. For me, if you're a kid of the 90s, that means you're a fan of the NBA on NBC. 
there are two goats when it comes to mascots in the dunk contest. The gorilla for the Phoenix yep, Suns. That's the one that comes to mind. And the one that comes to mind for me is the grizzly with the Vancouver Grizzlies. Oh, yeah. That's right. Loved it. Now, the, the one that's awful is down in New Orleans. That pelican baby, king baby, or oh, whatever that is. Oh, yeah. That's, it's also kind of scary. Yeah. I mean, again, like that fight to the death between that and the hilltopper for me. And I, we're good. I'd like to, we need a, I'm sure there's some study that's been done or research. I'd like to know what the mascots are paid. Like who's the, just like we know the highest paid college football coaches. Yes. I want to know who is the highest paid mascot. And it's got to be someone that is taking a lot of risk with their job. I think about the gorilla in Phoenix. Oh, I used, we used to have Because of the dunks they would do. Like, is there hazard pay involved? Shout out Pete Nelson, man. I hope all, all is well. Used to be uh, T-Rack here in town with the Titans. That was a full-time position. And the dude was a rock star. Uh, graduated from North Alabama. Uh, literally majored in what he did. And I think he tore like four or five ACLs rappelling from Nissan Stadium. Eventually just couldn't move. You know? And uh, they went they went with the, the, the young guy. And I don't even know if that's a full-time position. Is it an ageist type move? Yeah. They I moved mean, him out because I of mean, age? They brought in the young he guy? He was a lifer whenever I started. So That's I unfortunate. Mean, yeah. My, by the way, my seven-year-old daughter, Hudden on Sunday, asked, why is the Tennessee Titans mascot a raccoon? <laughs> and I looked at her and I said, honey, I don't know. Uh, there are mysteries do. in life. The state, it's the state. It's the state, state animal, animal, but also it's the Titans. And then it's a raccoon. So... They got rid of the Fair one. Enough. They got rid of the, like, yoked up dude, yeah. right? The gladiator that yeah, was Barry once a mascot. Yeah, he's out. We're not out because we've got two more hours left in the show. John McClain is coming up in the next hour. You're listening to Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network.